Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rahalastapa this week. Another one live from the Clapham Grand. Thank you to everyone at the Clapham Grand for having us. Um, no audience, of course, and socially distanced. With Lou Sanders, third appearance, uh, and her best, I think. It was lots of fun. Um, uh, look, we're still doing these on Twitch uh, every Wednesday. Things are a little bit up in the air for me at the moment. I'm sure the uh, reasons will become apparent uh, fairly soon, if they haven't already. Uh, and uh, But hopefully I can carry on doing Rahalastapur during this time uh, at the moment, the lineup for future gigs includes 3rd of March, Jeremy Paxman. That's on twitch.tv slash rkherring. It will go out as a podcast uh, as well, of course, in its turn. Uh, 10th of March, Brian Reagan, who's a fantastic American comedian. That's another transatlantic one. And 17th of March, Andy Osho, a novelist, actor and comedian. Uh, very much looking forward to all of those. I hope they can all go ahead and uh, they will come out as podcasts 
about three weeks after their, the record dates. So you don't have to watch them live, but if you want to watch them live, twitch.tv slash Herring, 8pm on Wednesdays, usually. And if you like them and you're with Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to Twitch and Amazon Prime and give us £5 every single month. You have to come back and subscribe every month at no cost to yourself. So if you want to help us make more podcasts... Why not do that? It only costs you your time and effort. There's a video explaining how it works on the front page of that Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash hockeyering. Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy another Raha Lasta Pa. Hooray! Hello, welcome, man, who can't believe how quickly the last week has gone. It's Richard Herring. Hello! It's great to be back. Here at the Clapham Grand. I don't know if I even said I was at the Clapham Grand last time. So we're at the wonderful Clapham Grand. It's packed with people. And when the lockdown police find out about this, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, it's not. There's, there's just the camera people here and the guests. Uh, welcome to Richard Herring's Lou Sanders Tethering Podcast. She didn't know this, but I'm going to be tethering her to various things throughout the show. Uh, to see how that works out. But I was hanging around with Jackie Weaver the other day, and she does not have the authority to call it Rallastapa. That's good, because that's a topical reference that by the time this goes out, people will have forgotten what that was all about, which is good. Um, we're back with the with the nerds. Um, Sky Brewer's trying to hold me a note, but not only has she gone sideways, it's backward, it's back to front. Muppets, callback. Uh, I managed to read it anyway. That's very good. She's she's dressed as Kermit. Um, I, I noticed another puppet earlier. There's now the screen has jumped around in the pre. Uh, James has put a, a big beer up against his camera and is wandering around in uh, dubious jogging bottoms. I'm just trying to work out which person is most likely to be masturbating during this show. And I think it is David Frew. He does it at the front row of the Les Square Theatre. There, Kristin. She's got her puppet back. It's a red-haired puppet. Is having sex with a puppet cheating? I don't think it is. That, and, and there's another puppet with Lydia. Is it Lydia? Yes. That one's quite scary as well. Um, and culturally inappropriate once again. In my twisted, perverted mind, um, I've had uh, I've had uh, a good week. Um, this morning, the most middle-class thing possible happened to me. Uh, my dog ate the magnetic whisk for my milk frothing machine. Uh, I don't think a more middle-class thing has happened than that in in the whole of history. Um, thanks very much for tuning in, everyone. Thank you to the Clapham Grand for hosting this. Uh, thank you uh, for. Sticking with us, the audience at home, uh, why not buy my book, The Problem with Men? It's fantastic. Or emergency questions as well. Uh, I think we're going to crack more or less straight on unless the the audience do something funny. You know you're sideways, Sky Brewer. You weren't sideways before. What happened to you? Uh, That's that's better. Uh, she's not, she's she's not in the right place. She didn't know where she was going. Oh, there she's the right way up again now. That's nice to know. And James is back. He seems to be on the phone. I don't know if he knows. <laughs> this is immediate. This because uh, that that was an immediate response from James. There, Ian Simpson. He might be playing a video game. Look at him. He looked at the camera. That's good. Nikki Fitzgerald took spent a lot of time setting up that camera shot, and it looks good. Nikki, you're looking good. Don't worry. 
<laughs> Not like the other hideous nerds out there. Let's crack it. There's a picture of me behind Steve. Thank you, Steve. Well done. You should be very proud of yourself. And there's Andy McH. You're much better than last week's audience. Did I say that yet? Anyway, my guest this week is probably best known for her appearance as a woman attempting to give oral sex to Richard Herring on As It Occurs to Me. It is Lou Sanders, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is. Wow. That is a, that's an outfit. I did bring a nice outfit to her, but I, I thought we were going casual. So. This, is, this is my best <laughs> possible shirt that once fitted me before lockdown happened. Who have we got then? That's we've nice. got lots of nice people. I tell you in. what, they do look fatigued because I think a lot of, oh, that's nice. Love is a babe. It's upside, it's round the wrong way. It's, you're, you're back what's to she's, front What's side. Guy saying? It's, Love is a baby. Love is a baby. <laughs> Love is a baby. <laughs> Pin that video. Oh, there, she is. there she is. Lou is a babe. Lou is a babe. She's oh, absolutely bloody right. Sorry to hone in on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. But the kind of people who think you're a babe don't understand how mirroring works on video. So that is... Well, no one does. We're not, we're not all in the entertainment business. <laughs> Can you, you do that because of COVID or not? And now I can't touch it now. I'll go and You've pick come it up. to... Ah, no! <laughs> You've broken every law. We're <laughs> on film. <laughs> I kissed you backstage. No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, yeah, what about that scene where I'm giving you a BJ? Do you remember it? Yeah, I spent, remember we it. We spent an afternoon in a hotel room together. Yeah, you, you paid me 50 quid. <laughs> yeah, 50 literally, quid. <laughs> literally to pretend, but it was to pretend. It was to pretend. Also, why do I get a typecast? Also... The lighting on that was so horrific. I remember it really well because I could not believe how ugly he made me look. It was a real skill. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. That's Hold okay. that a bit close to your mouth. Just so with the uh, bring back it memories. A, it was a strange afternoon because you know you're one of my wife's best friends, possibly best friend. I love your wife, and uh, you know, and then I'm spending an afternoon. You say it like you didn't write it. I, mean, I, I don't and know how cast. it happened. I was just cast. They said you're playing the part of Richard Herring. He's getting no, a blowjob. Someone's going to say he's got was, a small penis. It was all very respectable. It was very respectable. Uh, it was fun. That was uh, years ago. Yeah. Um. And, uh, yeah, things are going pretty well, Lou. For little Lou, 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 Lou Sanders. Things are going pretty well. No, we were saying back there, well, the first time I came on this, I was really ashamed because you know your stick, shtick. I do know my shtick. Your shtick is to kind of be like, oh, you've done this shit thing. But I'd only done shit things (laughs) when you had me on and I was really embarrassed. And Annie McAfee was there with his friend and she hated me. And he was like, oh, look, no, I think she's funny. And and she was like, ah. Ah, so angry. Well, we've turned it round now, Lou. Look at you now. This is your third appearance. I feel blessed and honoured. Yeah, it's a, not many people get to come back three times. When I do my gratitude list, yeah. this is top of <laughs> <laughs> three times on And maybe more. Who knows? Maybe more will come. Um, I was watching you on like the proper television last night with my wife in bed. Did you do that out of loyalty to me or research for this? A little bit of both. Both, yeah. A little bit of both. You're in a new show called Unforgivable. Unforgivable. <laughs> Unforgiven's the Clint Eastwood film. <laughs> Unforgivable is my thing. Um, but Well, it's Mel Gidjoyks, really. But, not about that, but um, can't say a name. But also, you know as a performer, you can't say, I saw you in this thing, <laughs> and then just leave it. 
<laughs> you go like, oh, I saw you in this thing. You were very good. It's a good show. So the idea of the show, which is something you're, I mean, you're very good at in your stand-up act is, is extracting humour from the awful, uh, shameful things you've done in your life. Mm. And that's sort of the premise of this show is to get celebrities to talk. It's quite a, I think it's quite a bold concept in a time when people are worried about you know, being cancelled and That's saying the wrong I thing. Think. And I think it's a good time for this to exist because it's sort of saying, oh, we've all messed up and let's have a laugh about it rather than this, like, black and white sort of, you know. Yeah. I love, I've always been, I've always thought we should say, because, you know, when you're growing up and you have, and you, like, things happen to your body or you do things and you just want to, like, die with shame. But then if you speak to your mates and you all do it, then you're like, oh, it's, just we we're human it's just to be human yeah so i think it's very nice to like say i shut myself you know well you know i think a lot of the things about this judgment and like obviously sometimes people have done things that we should be judging and we should be <laughs> saying this isn't appropriate but it's it's it seems very hypocritical because nearly everything everyone's made mistakes yeah and even of you know not just shitting yourself which most of us have, well we've all done that Ew. Uh, but, you know, saying the wrong thing. Yeah. And I, what I like about this is even within the context of the show, you're quite, you're quite outspoken and, and go for... I had a dark... <laughs> you make a Schindler's List joke that's quite, <laughs> quite dark and uh, you joke about is... Alex Brooker's disability. He said dark. I could, though, I know, but that doesn't mean you can. But <laughs> He said I could, so it's only him, well, and the rest of, you know, a community, I suppose. But I don't actually know. It's quite interesting. I don't know where the line is for stuff. I know. I saw... <laughs> Right. I've noticed. I've known you for a long time. I, but it's interesting, the sort of like in this social way. Like I, when I used to drink, I used to want to push the button. I was like, why is everyone yeah. so, like, well, I wanted to say the thing and push the button, and I don't want to do that anymore because I don't want to ever upset anyone. But then there's a different thing going on where I'm like, why are we so, like, I just don't think it helps society. Like, we see our parents get themselves in so many knots because they won't just say the thing or yeah. with their friends. And it's just like, just say you want to hang out for a coffee and they're both a bit paranoid. It's just like, but oh. I think also, like, comedy is about pushing buttons, but also certain people can say things that other people can't say in comedy. And with you, it's charming because it's, cause it's almost like... The character of Lou Sanders, who's very close to the real Lou Sanders, doesn't know what is appropriate and what isn't. So that's part, that's part of the joke of it, is that it's, it's sort of charming when you're doing it. But I think it's intention. I never, I would be, I did upset one girl at a gig once and she, and I felt so bad. I couldn't sleep that night because I said something which I thought was funny in the moment and then, and she looked really, and she didn't have the like self-esteem to sort of deal with it and she took it really personally and then I ended up being friends with her. She was a friend of a friend and I was mortified that I upset her. So I think usually my intention, I know Alex Brooker's not going to mind a joke that he makes loads of jokes about, so it's fine. But I would be mortified if I genuinely hurt someone, unless they were an absolute bellend and they <laughs> love to take offence just for the sake of it. Yeah, but that, I think that's it, that we are, you know, as a, as a world, really, we're, te- we're deliberately uh, and searching out things to be offended yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not even researching to see where that stuff came I, from. I really know? want to write a show about that because it's like ego versus soul so your ego and i do it myself like when someone criticizes me online i feel myself like fuck you you know like looking at who follows her like you've got one follower you can't and then i'm like what are you doing like surely you've you're beyond this but 
when it gets into you and you're like, right, that's your ego, like wanting a fight and stuff, it's so unhelpful. It is. It can be fun sometimes. Yeah, sometimes if you've got a good retort, like James Blunt's made a whole new career out of it. Yeah, good for him. But also sometimes it's fun just to be, like with this, I was saying to this one back, on Instagram, you know, it was announced who the three people who were doing this show and then some, you know, because it goes out to a wider audience, one guy went, oh, yeah, three woke comedians. And A, I thought, well, I'm not, and Lou fucking is not woke. <laughs> Did uh, you hear my disability <laughs> joke? I'm, no, I'm And then I said, you know, you, can't, you don't know anything if you're calling me woke. You know, I, I don't think being woke is even a criticism because it just means yeah. you're aware of yeah, yeah, yeah. being sensitive to people anyway. But yeah. I don't think you would count me as a 53-year-old white man as being the most woke person. And he said, then he came back and said, well, you'll find out you are. You're on a journey to find out that you and you'll wake up one day and realise you're woke. And I tweeted him back or Instagrammed him back and said, well, one day you're on a journey and one day you wake up and find you're a cunt. <laughs> and I thought that was quite funny, but it's obviously quite yeah. offensive. So, um, and not very woke because not you very shouldn't, woke. shouldn't be using that word if you're woke. Yeah, I want to um, be more woke, really. Yeah. I, but, yeah. But, you know, but I, I, I think that, I, that there was a guy who used to live in the desert in 2,000 years ago called... Go Je- on. He's called... Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. You said judge not lest you be judged, Lou. And, you know, I'm, that's what I think people should... I'm should getting, back to that guy. I'm just getting bang into Jesus. Are you? <laughs> I, think, yeah. I think he has some good ideas. He, had some he good was stuff. high, you know, uh, a lot of the time. Because he was a real person existed, whether or not you believe in religion. He was high a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the cactus... I think this is one theory. On the cactus, um, you know, drug... Uh, you know... <laughs> He was eating there is a theory mm. that um, psychedelic drugs were growing amongst the crops at that time, that they wouldn't have been weeded out, so that when bread was made, it would often have elements of psycho. psycho. So that's why people were seeing miracles and things. Lovely. Because of that. So well, yeah, you might be right. He might have been high, but I don't think you can say as an authority that he was. Jesus was woke. Now he was woke. <laughs> I don't know how to handle my microphone in. in um, everyday life no well just i think keep it i'm just finding it a little bit hard to hear you but hopefully people at home can oh well they look they bored, right. stiff so i think they can um <laughs> just because we're in a we're suddenly lou having well, you look absolutely bored rigid so i think they can hear <laughs> they, they what put... do you want us to talk about have you got any requests for areas I usually talk about my vagina, but I'm trying to mix things up a bit. Austin would like us to write about, to talk about uh, World War II aircraft, I'm guessing. Oh, Austin. So he could go back to his days flying for the RAF. That's what I'm guessing. Austin, we're not all virgins, <laughs> babe. Um. Don't ask them for questions, they'll just ask. Okay, fine. That's why, that's why I'm sitting here. We'll lead the These ship. guys have no idea what they're doing. Tracy wants um. us to go away. She's put a hand over the, poor hand over the camera. She looks... <laughs> No, okay, we'll go away, we'll go away. We'll go Give, away. Them we'll have to talk to them. Give them their privacy. Give them their privacy. Okay. What? But that's very exciting. So that's on Dave, that's Unforgivable. On Dave. Had a great time making it. There's only one joke that I regret, actually, and okay. I do feel uh, like I was a bit mean because, you know, if you're backed into a corner, hence bullies, bullies are mean because they don't feel very good about themselves. There was one show where I didn't feel I was very good and I was backed into a corner and I said something really mean, which I don't stand by. That's in, coming out on Tuesday. <laughs> and it's interesting. It's like your own thing you stand by. The thing with Alex, I know he was cool with it, so I didn't mind. But that bit, I'm like, oh, you let yourself down. And that's when you cringe watching it back. But that's what com- comedy's like that, right? You know, because also it's got to be it's got to be free enough for you to be able to say what you want. And a lot of it is about taking that leap into the dark and seeing whether... And making mistakes. Seeing whether... But you're gonna, so you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But that's the contract because... 
if you're pushing something. I, I, the the Richard E. Grant interview I did that never went out, and I've mentioned this a few times, yeah. but there was a joke that was a massive risk because I hadn't talked to him beforehand. I don't think this is why he didn't go out. He, he didn't, I think he was sort of didn't realise what it was quite going to be. But I was, he was talking about the, the Oscars and then people criticising him for um, playing up to it and trying to look all giddy and happy so he would win. Yeah. And I said, you know, and I thought, I'll take a punt. I, something occurred to me in the moment. And I said, yeah, I mean, if you were that good an actor, you'd have won the Oscar, uh, you know, which was a big risk to yeah. take with someone. And he laughed and everyone laughed and it was fine, I think. But then the, the, the podcast never went out, so maybe it wasn't. But, you know, without taking that risk and without going, well, I don't know whether this, he might be furious, yeah. he might storm out. And that's, the, that's where comedy lives on that kind of knife edge of, is this thing going to be? So and, and I don't I think d- there's any point. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think you should... Like, oh, I don't care about anything I've said. If you're sorry for something you said, you should say I'm sorry for it. But I yeah. don't think you should be made to dwell on it. And I don't think you should dwell on it yourself. Because nine times out of ten, you're glad you took the risk. Yeah, and yeah, it leads to, you know, and then the tenth time, you're like, oh, my God. And the risk is what makes it work. So if you don't, yeah. if it never failed, if it never went wrong, you wouldn't yeah. be doing it right anyway. We don't want vanilla corporate comedy. It's like on a tightrope. Mm. You want to see people fall off to their deaths. That's yeah. why you're watching it. You so want to see people cancelled and never work again. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, not many people really do get cancelled. No. I, but I, it's heartening to me to see that people would be... Because, you know, someone like Graham Norton on that first show, oh, he doesn't him. really do shows like, no, like that. No, it was really good to see him. He's so likeable. And yeah, so and he was great. And he told, like, really, really revealing yeah, stories yeah, yeah. about He himself. got his appendix removed for yeah. a prank. Kind of. He didn't even win for that one. No. It's the idea to come. Bo- it's good if you come bottom. Yeah, that- you should come on. Yeah. <laughs> so he got, he got that. I thought that was by far the best story in that round. Mel Gadroit can. Yeah, but it's like Taskmaster. It's all made yeah, up. Yeah, she can. You know. She can. She should have a look at herself, like Greg <laughs> Davis should, for all the times he didn't give me. The Come top on. Marks. Champions of champions we're going to do together. I'm very excited. Are you going to wear the same outfit or are you going to change your I outfit? I might change it. Give the people what they want. Give the content. Give the people the content they, <laughs> might, want. they want. I might what borrow outfit, Sky's yeah. Kermit the Frog costume. I actually had a dream about uh, doing Champion of Champions last did night. Did Yeah, I, was, um, re- I did really badly, but it was happening live. And I was really... I, you know, I, I, I was surprised at how... Um, straight down the line I was with, with my task. I thought I'd be more inventive, but I actually just did I haven't the seen your series yet, but I'm going to watch see it. it to see your gameplay. You should watch it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'll do the same thing, because I think I might take it. I was just trying to do it as quickly as possible and do it as straightforwardly as possible. Mm. And try and... Because I thought that was a good way to win as well. But also, I don't think you can... Pre- I don't think if you do the artifice of going, oh, I'm going to do this, like, in a crazy way, I don't think it works. I think you... Ha- you, yeah. If you do it in a crazy way, like you did a bit, and like Johnny Vegas certainly did, but I think it has to be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought it was about creativity in that thinking. You get more points if you were thinking. I don't yeah. know, like yeah. I mean, I just there's loads of times I didn't think outside the box or just go, you know, basically just flip it and go, how could I make this happen without well, doing? So the... I've always got one eye on the edit, and Route One doesn't make the best edit. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it. But you need. But also, as we were saying before, I think you need one. Everyone needs to do what they're doing, and if everyone was doing crazy, I yeah. think the problem with Champion of Champions is everyone's already won, and they, we might all therefore be slightly too similar. similar. Who have you got? You've got me, Kerry Godleman, yeah. you, Lisa Tarbuck, yeah. love her. I love Kerry Godleman. Uh, Ed Gamble, Ed Gamble. Lo- yeah, I love them all. Hang on, who's the one? Um, and me and you. And that's it. There's five. What a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching that. Be, wait, where's the crazy? I mean, you're, you are, you're crazy. Dead Gamble's and, not crazy. I'm gonna, I've asked to see if I can come on and roller skates. Right. 
Because then if there's any speed challenges, I'll That might be, might be a problem for a lot of them, though. I mean, it might be good for ones we have to be but fast. But there's shoes that double as roller skates. Okay, so you can, can flip out the skates when you need to. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm going to have a rocket pack with an inspector gadget. <laughs> yeah, man. Robot in it. When I'm in the skate park, I got scowled at today by loads of teenage boys and they look at me like they want me dead because I whoop like I do auntie noises. So, like, it's good to be... It's a really supportive community. It's really nice, usually. But it was a different skate park. And if, like, the young lads do a trick on their skate, it's nice to, like, be supportive. So I go, whoa! <laughs> but then they look at me like, fuck off and die. It's so some... you're into... You've, you've done skating your whole life, though, right? You've, no. No. I did it for one show when I couldn't skate. Okay. But the funniness was that I couldn't skate. Yeah. And I did it when I was little, but I've only picked it up since November. So, so it's, an, it's a skill. It's a new skill, but I had now. a bit of remembering there. Right. And now you're heavily into skating. Yeah, and I'm not going to have a baby. I mean, chances are I was going to have one anyway. <laughs> I've decided I'm not going to have a baby because I don't want to be pregnant because then you can't skate. So I'm going to keep roller skating and then adopt. Yeah. But that's if I fall in love. Okay. So really, I need to fall in love, move to LA, adopt a baby. This is just me working out my life on your okay. time. <laughs> <laughs> and where, where does the skating come into this I plan? skate all the time when I can. Because LA is hot all the You can't skate when it's raining here. Okay. So anyway. So you're going to skate in LA with, a, with your adopted baby strapped to your back? Or just get the adopted kids some skates, you know. Skates as well, yeah. You know. They can't really skate for the first... Well, you don't really adopt a baby. Okay, so you can adopt. You can adopt. You can adopt an eighteen-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on. What else do you want to ask me? <laughs> I want to know more about skating. You just, you just talk about skating as if it's. Oh yeah, I've just been skating. Just I just love the show. it. I love it so much. I think it's because the adrenaline that you used to get from gigs. Yeah. Remember the adrenaline? I do. That was what I loved comedy for. The feeling that you're going to shit yourself and be sick, and you didn't want to go on stage. That's the exact same feeling I get before I go down a like a ramp. So you do the proper ramp skating? Yeah, but I haven't done the high one because I'm too scared. And I made a d- bargain deal with an eight-year-old the other day. <laughs> this is a different skate back. He went, come on, he said, it's easy, it's easy. It's easy, why don't you do it? Honestly, it's nothing. And I was like, I'm frightened. And then uh, he said, okay, if I do a bunny hop, he was on a bike. If I do a bunny hop in, then you've got to do it. Is that a deal? And I said, yep, that's a deal. So he did his bunny hop in. He's like, no, you've got to do it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> it's very frightening. So you're hanging around at skate parks talking to eight-year-olds. Yeah, like Prince Andrew. <laughs> 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 no, I've got some friends my own age, 24, 25. <laughs> yeah. It's all right if it's a woman, isn't it? That's the one rule for the women. Mm. It'll all come out the next generation yes because the difference is i'm not trying to fuck them <laughs> <laughs> well that's your that's what you claim um if you're wearing a donald duck is it a daisy duck yeah. donald duck yeah this 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 doesn't well for the profiling pocket full of sweet can he wee smile um let's see what else i've got well I've, i very much enjoyed the first episode Thank of you. unforgivable and i think you're very good but your stand-up has been about that sort of the... the and you're very, in this show, you're very... just Again, you're very honest just telling... Oh, and in I, the publicity of the show, you just kind of bluntly t- talk about these you know, sometimes quite horrible uh, things that have happened to you. I did some, not want... My mum doesn't... My mum watched it and my brother watched it and they hate me being crude on telly. So right. And my whole career is a nightmare for that. But I said about... I slept with this 45-year-old, roughly yeah. about 45, when, he, when I was like... 16 something yeah. like that and um 
this girl came in, his daughter burst in on us. <laughs> and she went to my school. <laughs> and then the joke that I said was... Um, it's funny because we couldn't, me and the daughter couldn't look each other in the eye after that, but he'd looked in all of my eyes. But then I didn't realise if she got the joke. So I went, did you get that? I meant awesome. That but was I my favourite bit. I didn't think they'd keep that in. That this is a good idea because they keep in loads of stuff. Like there's one episode where Josh Widdicombe is on and we're just talking for about half an hour before they go into the show. So we're just chatting around and then Josh said, um, sorry, Mel, can I ask a question? Is this the show? <laughs> <laughs> and they've kept that in. They've kept loads of really nice moments in. Like, Mel says a line in a really weird way, and I start laughing because the way she delivers it is, like, not normal. And I start laughing, and they've kept that in. So I think it's a nice, like... Yeah, well, I think, again, at the beginning, Graham Norton says this is a very high concept. He makes some kind of twist take of the format, which did seem a bit... Confu- you're hit with quite a lot of information right at the start, and it's a little bit confusing. Yeah. And there seems to be... So, I think mean, there's some stuff around there that you don't necessarily need. It's series one, there's always I know, that. It is. You let but us you just, iron out the details just, in series two. You just want to hear people talking about, just go, yeah. what's your most embarrassing thing you've done when but you when you're yourself? making a show, and you might not know this. <laughs> <laughs> I, can remember, I can remember back. <laughs> it's like there's so many format beats that we lost, and there's yeah. so many that you're running out. And we also had to just go for it, like five days prep for all the writing. Yeah. Because... We weren't sure whether we were going to film it because of COVID. And then we get us, everyone gets their stories really late, so you don't have much time to write, and they always change and stuff. And there were so many format points that like we were going to wear like these shoes that were um, uh, like so. Mel get, said she wants to get do an ethical shoot, so when she everything's like secondhand clothes and stuff. So I did that as well. And then I said, uh, one of us said, why don't you wear the shoes like really bad? Because in charity shops, you can't get like good shoes. So her shoes were going to get worse and worse every week and stuff like that. And then they were like, oh, it's a bit too mad. And I think in the first series, you don't want to take too many risks because people are like, what is this? She's wearing clown shoes. You know, I I found it quite refreshing that it was a bit, it was sort of like slightly undercutting itself, taking the piss. Yeah. and things like where Mel's going, I'm going in the booth and I'm going to do this. And she yeah, tells her yeah, about yeah. Graham Norton standing her up at lunch. So, it's, you know, it's good. It's fair. I've yeah. only seen I one episode. I think it will only get better as well. I do think it's really good. And, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So it's all happening, Lou. And it's all down to you working with me uh, on the FUBAR radio show, I would say, <laughs> and the blowjob thing. Those two things together. <laughs> People have seen those. thought, hey... I think this girl's got something. I thought you meant you had a lucky dick. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely got... My loins are lucky. I just said I didn't go anywhere near it. Can I just say, I hope that's clear. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, but uh, you do, like, well, you talked about the, th- you've been on three times and you talk about how nervous you're on the first one, but also over the last, I mean, I've known you for as long as I've known my wife, basically. I yeah. met you shortly after I met my wife, and, um, which is 13 years, I think. Flipping hell. Uh, we never text or call. It's what? We never text or call, hardly we don't, ever. We don't. You're not very sociable. But things are, I'm not sociable. That's why this is, this is my... Oh, this, this is, is your way, this yeah. This is me being sociable. You hang out for a month when it's being paid. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk to people for an hour and that's it. Yeah. And then if, I'm going home. If there's a revenue stream. <laughs> <laughs> if I can be paid. On thank my you terms. for your money. Yeah. Uh, we'll spend it. I'm not, well, I'm not drinking at the moment. Neither of us are drinking. But you are... Um, You've, you know, you've pulled yourself together a, a, li- a little bit over the last decade, the f- I would say. A little bit? Yeah. Fuck me. The, 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 the first time I went on Russ's Butter, um, I had had two big glasses of wine, and then I f- it like sort of hit me as I came out sort of thing, and I was like a tiny bit sloshed and nervous. It was a really bad mix. Yeah, you're not the drunkest person I've had on this, though. No, by no, any no. St- no, but <laughs> I think st- if you're quite new, like I feel yeah. like I was starting out, I was very nervous. The wine got to me, and I was just like such a... Yeah, just... Yeah. It's difficult, but this is this is actually a difficult gig, and I do like to have newer people on, but I think it's, it, it is a difficult gig for newer people because it's... You know, there's no hiding place in this. It's two people talking, and well, no, you're meant to do probably more talking. So. I think it's more that, like, you just I just hadn't done anything, and so sure. I was like, oh, no one's going to be interested because I haven't done it. And then you feel really stupid, like, oh, your little film. Also, I said in that that I'd been in a film, which I thought was a film because I was only in it for a second, and it was it wasn't even a film. It was like a. <laughs> talking about it like it was a feature film and I think it was like an eight minute short which I didn't know <laughs> I never watched <laughs> so but what has yeah. I mean you know I know you're into all your airy fairy crystals and talking into- about your problems and stuff <laughs> airy fairy Women. stuff like that uh, what what is it giving up drinking that's made the difference or is it a combination mm-hmm. of things I think it's giving up drinking because I, I talked about this the other day on something um, but I remember like live gigs a lot of the time going really well and like comedians being like oh I love what you do and stuff and I was like why aren't I on anything like what like comedians say they like me and I've got I was like and I remember asking Sarah Pascoe and I said why I why aren't I on TV I'd like done one or two little tiny things and she went oh because no, <laughs> she was really honest which I really respected her for she was like oh yeah because no one trusts you <laughs> you're like really shambolic and chaotic and like that's funny life but no one's going to put it on the show and I do you think tv is quite corporate and they don't take risks and so I was like right that's what I've got to do and that coincided with a lot of people telling me I was an alcoholic <laughs> a light bulb went off <laughs> and two years later I stopped drinking <laughs> <laughs> after two years it's yeah it's well you because you were doing you got you got thrown did you get thrown out of the the snowboarding festival 
yeah, I didn't get paid for that. Right. <laughs> I was chasing him up for money and he was like, are you insane? <laughs> are you kidding me? You ruined everybody's week. You know, my gigs were good, but then after that I went off the boil. But it's very high altitude, so when you're drinking, it really does hit you. Yeah. And then Caitlin Moran said a really nice tweet the other day and lots of people joined in and I thought, oh, that's really nice. And everyone was really nice about me. And then one girl, very nicely, she just said, oh, she was an absolute nightmare at MacFest. <laughs> <laughs> We'd all paid to see her. And uh, she was an arrogant, rude, drunk nightmare. And I was like, <laughs> guilty as charged. <laughs> but a lot of comedians it's feel so they ago, need though. to, like, the, the, a lot of comedians are worried about uh, either giving up drinking or t- having therapy because they think it will make the things go worse for them. But you think the opposite. No, I think that's the ego again. Egos are not our friend. Clutching onto this idea of like, I said to Harry Deansway once, you know Harry Deansway? Yeah. He's a legend in his own right, but he's sort of, his whole thing is peddling failure for a joke, which is f- funny to everyone but hi- him really because he can't move on. Yeah. And I said to him, Harry, you don't need to do this. And he was like, but then I wouldn't be me. <laughs> like, that, we're both saying the same thing. But um, I think, yeah, it keeps us stuck because we sort of think we have, like, I don't know. The ego resists any change, not to get too deep. And so it keeps us stuck, but it's not necessarily good. Like, apparently you're always expanding or contracting. You're always moving. Yeah. So you might as well, like, try and move in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I think also, even Lou, a more sensible, sober Lou, is still quite an unusual person. I don't... And and, and you're also, you know, the, the fact that you are happy... to tell these stories about yourself and to, to in the way you tell them, it's not what most people would do. And, and same for most comedians as well. I most s- people wouldn't be want, to, want to get that out there. So that's unusual. And you're, you know... You're... But I think that's therapy. I think people do. I think comedians do. They yeah. tell stories on stage because it's cathartic. Because then they're like... It's like when like, um, a comedian comes out on stage and says, like, oh, a joke about them being, like, whatever it is, like, really overweight or, you know, looking like a geek or whatever. They get it out of the way so that... They're like, yeah, I know, you know, I yeah. don't know. But also, oh, I watched this, that's what I was going to say earlier. I watched this thing called, can't remember. It's about a girl who was working in the porn industry. Do you right. remember that? On BBC recently. It was I, like, yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh, it, no, I haven't come seen it. on, you know it. Anyway, um, she was quite damaged, <laughs> quite damaged girl. Yeah. A lot of things went wrong when she was younger. And then she was working like as a porn star and um, porn actress, porn star, whatever. I think that's politically correct, I don't know. Um, And there was one scene in it where she said to someone, she was acting like an arsehole, and she'd been, like, sort of doing stuff that was, like, she'd been grabbing someone's arse and stuff, like a girl that worked on reception. And everyone was like, you can't do that. And she was like, oh, it's just been fun. And I thought, oh, my God, I think I'm this girl. Because she said, she said, I don't know where boundaries are. (laughs) I've realised. And then I thought, oh, I've got to be careful not to be her. But I do think it's weird. Like, like, I don't know. Well, I just, if 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 you did know where the boundaries were, then mm. you wouldn't end up saying the funny things that you're saying. I think that's where that's, and you know, I think you are definitely moving it all in the right direction. It's definitely getting better and better. And I think with with the kind of comedy you've done, it it, it had to mm. be that fizzing kind of oh my god, what's you know this? We, are we going to get hurt? Is she going to fall off a roller skates and yeah. kill one of us? That was what was exciting about it. But you've you've kind of harnessed that 
but it feels you know but it, but at, at a safer place for yourself but i don't think yeah. you've lost the spontaneity and i don't think you've lost the stuff you know even in that show we're talking about the things you're saying nearly everything you say you kind of go why would anyone think to say that at that point it's funny but that but <laughs> <laughs> no one else would think of it and that's what makes a good comedian because it's you're coming at the world from Blue Sanders perspective because I, I wanted them to take out this joke that I said to Jimmy Carr that's in the next okay. episode because they felt really mean he didn't give a shit but I was like oh I don't want to go lowest common denominator I don't yeah. want to do like stuff that I'm like Ugh. and I wanted them to take that out, but I didn't want to cause trouble, so I didn't ask them. And because I don't have any say over the edit. And I said to my friend, Can you watch this and tell me if this is awful? And she's like, That is not what you should be worried about. You should be. <laughs> There's another joke in there that's awful. You should be worried about that. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, right. But you see, I think coming from you, and it's what, that's, that's what Barry Cryer said to me years ago, saying, You know, it's not the joke, it's whether you like the person, right? So yeah. if, 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 if the wrong person says, exactly the same thing as you're saying or as I'm saying in certain things if you don't like that person or if that person doesn't have and there's something there's something about good comedians and something about the comedians you like that means and your friends I guess you know in just if you're in general yeah. if you're with the friends and your friend says something that's you know unacceptable not, because you, you know, know them not, and you yeah. like them it's okay but if someone came up to you in the pub and said the same thing I mean it's what it's yeah. kind of what Twitter doesn't get about jokes you know in the, yeah. is that some, they go, well, why can't I say this? You know, you can say it in certain circumstances, but not but at your grand's funeral or whatever. You know? I'd still like to go higher and do jokes yeah. that are, But also, and everything is about context and tone, you know, because, no, I don't know, like... Well, I, I don't think you should think about it too much because yeah. um, no, it's good. No, I was thinking when someone else, like... <laughs> If I I did, I did a tweet the other day. I said, like, when I talk about my labia, it's really charming. <laughs> but when other people do it, it's disgusting. And I do think Twitter misses that tone. For, even for me, I'm like, oh, God, like, what's, you know, like some of the reply guys, you're like, no, yeah. that's not. But that's, you know, that's why, that's part of the problem with social media is that it, yeah. do, it doesn't give tone. It doesn't, you don't know if someone's being sarcastic. I've just stopped tweeting most things because I know someone will take a joke literally yeah. or won't have been in a running joke. And so but we'll then think, we're letting them ruin our fun. It's like, I know, so I, I, I still do some, but there's a lot of things saying, oh, I can't be, I just can't be, that one's not good enough to right. bother having with a person coming, taking it literally, and you go, yeah, no, it's a joke. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting. Right, let's talk about some other stuff. I, I, was, I did a virtual cuddle club with you, and I've been listening to other cuddle clubs. Have you? On the drive here, I listened to two of your cuddle clubs. Oh, you're really good at your job. You really I'm do very good. research. Which ones did you listen to? I listened to Brett Goldstein and... That's First one I did. Yeah, well, I did. It, I didn't do it. Listen that one first. I listened to Catherine Ryan first. I thought that would be interesting, which it yeah, was. Yeah. And nice. then Brett Goldstein just came on straight away yeah. after, so I listened to that. Sindhu V has got a story on there that is like a film. It's insane. Right. One. She she keeps te- she she does this story about like uh, her nanny uh, couldn't. She grew up in India and her nanny. Yeah couldn't speak Indian. I don't know where she was from. Anyway, this story that's got so many twists and turns. There's a ghost in it. You like yeah. ghosts, don't you? It's insane. <laughs> well, listen out for that. And the, well, the Brett one was interesting because it sort of saw the... Brett's got a great podcast. And yeah. was, it, was, the, was that the starting point for you wanting to do your own that you wanted to keep up with Brett is yeah I've talked about this before but we were sharing a flat in Edinburgh and he was doing a podcast with other people and I we were in each other's rooms all the time because Edinburgh is so horrible isn't it we're just like sit next to each other (laughs) thank god it's been cancelled and will be cancelled again thank god it's going down (laughs) and um yeah and he do podcasts with friends and I would keep trying to disturb them going like what about me and then he wouldn't (laughs) let me on his podcast because 
I can't remember films if I've seen them, and then I can't remember what happens. Well, you can't even remember the ones you've been what the one you've been in is. So, <laughs> yeah. I've been in a film. Uh, no, it's an advert. <laughs> <laughs> it's an advert. Um, yeah, and then I said, and so I said, I'm going to do my own podcast, which is Cuddle Club, and then I kept joking. So then I was in his at the BFI. He did his um, film podcast with like a quite a famous actor who had a stalker so he was on edge because he was like we well, can't let my stalker in this actor yeah. right and then at the end of brett's like bfi podcast um i put he knew that i was going to do it but i put my hand up and i was like because the long-standing joke is i'm always trying to get on his podcast so he said oh yeah lady in the scarf whatever <laughs> and i was like um how would one go about getting on your podcast <laughs> as a guest and the actor guy that he was interviewing shit himself because he thought who's this nutter he thought can you say nutter anymore yeah oh, i'll just say so whatever you like and um, keep the racism to a minimum but apart from that <laughs> i'll see you later um <laughs> yeah and then he, and then i asked another question like um you know i might start my own podcast uh, called cuddle club how would you go about that and the guy was like oh my god it's this you know woman but it's a prize it was me and then I did it, and then I did start it. It's so. It's just, I mean, it's in, it's interesting when you when you um, take a subject that sort of wouldn't usually get discussed. That you end, but you end up getting. You know, you would think, well, what's you know, we're going to talk about cuddling. It doesn't feel like it's yeah. going to be enough for a podcast. But actually, by being so specific, you get really good stories from because because Brett, Brett told a great story about him. You know, being at a party and cuddling the wrong people and not wanting to cuddle, and then going up to someone saying, "Oh, I'm thinking it was his mate." Going, "I've just cuddled the wrong person," and then it wasn't his mate. Yeah, so yeah, he had yeah. to go home because he'd just been cuddling random people. Yeah. And so you wouldn't think it would lead to stuff, but I think you actually get really good stuff out of people. Because you result. get into their relationships, yeah. their family, all the stuff that I want to know. But anyway, but um, it is sort of embarrassing asking someone to do your podcast. <laughs> like, when you do my podcast, what's it called? Cuddle Club. <laughs> like, it's, it is embarrassing the whole thing, really. So you do the difficult. We did one remotely, which obviously is slightly against the mm. principles of it. Well, they're all remotely now, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. So it's still working remotely, but you do a you do a kind of astral plane cuddle, which I had to do with you. It worked for me. I, I believe. I you know I believed you. But athletes are all about visualization. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Although I had someone on the other day who I think hated me. <laughs> I was I was interviewing her and I thought this woman hates me and she was like I just it was just odd and then at the end I said I think we had a virtual hug and she was tricking me she's like well I'm tricking you. I didn't even come in and I said like, okay well I imagined it <laughs> let's not put that out oh shit is that gone out that it's has gone, gone out. out yeah there's no you can't stop it that's in though look can they've we, heard it in their ears not, can we not have it out on the other one we can take it out the other yeah. one that's a little extra for don't tell anyone they won't tell anyone they these, these people don't know anyone I thought that Emma They're was wearing alone. a mask because of the way the light is on Emma. I thought she was wearing a mask indoors. And I was like, Emma's <laughs> taking this really seriously. <laughs> Everyone's on their own and they have no friends to tell They're anything. They're not on their about. own because we're with them. David Shrew thought you were great on the first rehearsal to put there. Oh, thank you. Lou, uh, Brian Lutchman thinks I have a flashy watch, which I think he probably means... It flashes, it flashes when, it, yeah. when I... <laughs> I've got a steps watch because I am counting my steps, but we don't want to get into that. Cause it's we do boring. want to. We're going to get into whatever you want to get into. I don't want to get into that. We want to get into it all. Um, I'm going to ask some emergency questions. I just, won't take it personally. Just because people... Let me see how long... I can't remember what time we started, so I'm just going to go on until they, they turn oh, the lights no. off. No, it's all right. We've been on about 40 minutes. It's gone very fast. How long do we do? Well, as long as we want. 45, 42. Could do. We, can, we can stop now if we want. Would Fuck they, all these people who've paid £7. Do, pounds. They look 
they look bored as hell. Let's do two more minutes. <laughs> Let's really ramp up the energy. I need a wee. I need a wee. I've done. I did two wees before this, and Could I still you do need a, a wee. dance or something like that. Like get, you know, do take your top off. Get, who wants him to take his top off? You know what I mean. Do something a bit different. Tops off. Tops off. Tops off. Tops off. I've done it a lot. I've, done, I've got the lot out. I've tops had the, off. If you want to see my top off, you want to see my bottom off. There's plenty of places bottoms to see. Bottoms off, bottoms off. I'm happy to show my cock on the Clapham Grand. It's a rich so tradition. Katie sent me the screenshots. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you a question, and I hope I haven't asked you it before. Hey, I'll ask you this. I won't remember. What has been the worst occasion in which you've been totally naked? Lose the honest. worst occasion? Yeah, the worst occasion you've been totally naked. It fits into what we were just talking about. <laughs> it was almost seamless. If I hadn't had a book in my hand, it would have looked like I just thought of that. I mean, you don't want a really dark answer, so we'll skip. I don't want a dark answer. <laughs> this is entertainment. Um, well, the worst occasion. Are you the kind of person who gets your clothes off? Uh, no, I went no. out with a boy who was very like that. Yeah. He was every occasion. It was a new relationship at the time, and he just like, oh, I'm playing poker and I'm getting naked. And I said, like, I don't think I can trust this man. He's naked every night. Um, <laughs> When was the worst? Okay, I think it's just a, when you're with someone you don't want to be with. Or I was with a boyfriend once, and his mum came in. That was that was <laughs> awkward. And then she stayed in the doorway and offered tea. Really? Yeah. She so she saw what she saw what she wanted. <laughs> she saw what she wanted, and she thought they need refreshments. <laughs> it's a weird thing. That's a weird thing from teenage. I didn't have much experience of that as a teenager. But, uh, you know, there comes a point when you're old enough that your parents won't come into the room. Yeah. When you're with... I had a girlfriend, um, but my mum really needed something out of the room we were in. No. And uh, and my girlfriend went to the toilet, but it was just after she'd uh, given me a little hand shandy. Yeah. And so my mum walked in and I was still... And my girlfriend was actually going to get some tissue to wipe up Mm. the mess. And my, I hope my mum's not listening to this. She might, I mean, she might not have seen it. She walked in and got the book and went out again, but I was just lying on the sofa, sort of partially undressed. And well, you shouldn't have been doing it in the front room. <laughs> oh, well, there was nowhere else to go. We weren't, oh, right. we weren't allowed to go in the bedroom because we might have had sex with each oh, other. Right, yeah. So we were in the living room. But that's kind of weird, isn't it, when you have that, when you Yeah. I'd tell you the best get... times being naked. Yeah. Um, Funerals, <laughs> it's unexpected. No, um, in the sea, when you go in the sea and yeah. you do skinny dipping, do that in Thailand, and it's so refreshing. And then with my friend Lucy Pierman, she's a comedian, okay. in Oxford, we swam in the Oxford River, like October time, I think, right. which is beautiful. And you're like, oh, my God, this is idyllic. But it's part of the River Thames. <laughs> so you're, like, you're actually swimming with a lot of dead bodies, really, if it's all moving Yeah, up. you probably get rat syphilis. But it looks beautiful. Anyway, we um, took our bikinis off because no one could see anything. It was all girls. So we took a very Tell me free more. It sounds interesting. Finger. <laughs> a dead man's finger. <laughs> Lodged. No, it was beautiful. But then some people came and we were like, mm, here's our bikinis. Yeah. Kind of sounds like a Robin Asquith film, that, to be honest. Mm. Nice. Sorry, I don't do films. Oh, you don't know about films. He, he was meant to do my Ali Pali gig. He's from Confessions of a Window Cleaner. Have you ever seen those films? Hopefully we're going to have him on uh, in the future. Okay. He's a great British actor and uh, he's in his 70s now, I think. Well, get him, he's, on uh, get, get him on quick. Get him on fast. He's very, you wouldn't know to look at him. A lot, all his contemporaries look old, but he, looks, he still looks like the uh, young boy about town. First question, 
What's your secret? <laughs> He's a good-looking boy. And I think uh, it would be an interesting guest. I'm going to ask you another... Do you think, Lou, you would have made a good sheriff in the Wild West? I think I could get the stance. Like, the sort of... You know, I think I could get, the, like, the stance, you yeah. know? <laughs> they do a lot of that, don't they? That's, there's a bit more to it than the stance, though. I think my... I'm not very punitive, so I'll probably be like, on your way, go on. <laughs> Go on, we've had a laugh on your way. <laughs> so it's cheeky next time. I'd let all the women off as well. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> I don't think the women did, did that well. It was mainly men shooting each other, wasn't it? Um, oh, here's an interesting question that's just come up. 824. You can tell by... Because I had to write 1,001 of these for this book. Yeah. So you can tell by 824. You give it You can tell. Bit. You'll yeah. see. Fuck, marry, kill... Bing Crosby, Noddy Holder, or Alid Jones. It's a question for Christmas, this one, I should okay. put it. Have you got any younger references? Do you know who Bing Crosby is? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do I? Singer? I think that's Louis Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> singer? Christmas He's a singer, Bing Crosby. No, Noddy Holder from... It's Christmas! I can't picture any of these men. And Alid Jones, the little guy walking in the well, I'm air. not fucking Alid Jones, because he hasn't got enough spunk behind him he has now bing 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 put it in i'll have him <laughs> what are the other two alid i marry he's probably marry very good alid at tax, tax receipts and stuff and killed noddy holder you heard bing, it here first bing crosby's already dead i, th- I would have gone for oh, killing oh. bing crosby okay i'll kill bing and and fuck noddy holder in his big would you fuck him in his big hat with mirrors on it no. i would well, then you can see what you look like, you know, from all yes, angles. I, I don't know if I want to see what I look like m- yeah. multiple times. I'm in better shape, so I do. I don't want to see that face. Um, uh, have you ever improvised a condom, Lou Saunders? I've got my own personalised condoms for Cuddle Club. And I've got 300 of the buses. Uh, you've just had sex with Lou Saunders. Is that what you... I should no. get some. No, but we well were, done. No, Congratulations. But, no, but we were flirting. Yeah. Right. And I was going through my bag and one of them fell out. And he's like, what's that? And I was like, oh, it's a personalised condom. And I was... Here's my chat up line. So I gave it to him and I said, you, you can keep... You can keep this as a souvenir or use it. <laughs> And it worked. Guess and he, which one he did. And he used it. Kept it as a souvenir. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember when you did a gig in Kings Lynn and fell into down a riverbank? I was like, there was this beautiful Kings Lynn's beautiful. Yeah. And I was supporting Joe Lysett on um, a tour gig, yeah. uh, and it was beautiful. Like the sun was going down, and there was body of water. I love water, and. Um, I thought, why is no one down by the water's edge? Everyone was up here, and I was like, is everyone mad? Get into the action. And then I, <laughs> I just slid it the whole way down. <laughs> then I thought, oh, that's why no one's down. <laughs> but it was like an hour from the gig, so I had to go and... I washed everything, hand-washed everything, and then put it in the tumble dryer. It was absolutely fine. Was it all right? Yeah. Did you go, did you go into the river or just, down, just muddy? I might as well have at that point. Washed the mud off in the river. Yeah. I didn't you think You could that. have jumped in, yeah. yeah. It's nice. Um, and I was going to also ask you about, um, I saw this, did you, were you doing an online dating show during lockdown? Is that, mm-hmm. is that, was that ongoing or is it ongoing? Popping in. Oh my God. I, cause I love dating shows. Yeah. I lo- that's what I really want to do is host a dating show. I love true love. And I think I'm really good at matchmaking people. And I took six couples and the only reason I stopped was cause it was so heteronormative cause I only had like white straight couples and I thought this is not good. But, um, 
Nothing against them, but it'd be nice to have a bit of a mix. Well, you also, could have got some people who weren't in white, white heterosexual couples. What's that? You could they, have. They didn't. I didn't have. Oh, a, it wasn't your. It wasn't your choice. It, like I was just. It was an online thing, right. and it took loads of time as well. I didn't have like a casting director, so it's just who replied to my Instagram right. stories. But anyway, out of three couples, two of them really got on and would see each other again, and the one couple that didn't and didn't want to see each other, I sort of knew they were wrong for each other, but I was rushed for time, and there weren't enough applicants. So you were putting them together. And then were you on the... I watched a bit of it. You seemed to be sort of sitting in on the online... No, it was called Popping In. So you popping pop in. Popping in, popping out, right. popping <laughs> all about. And then they'd go on the date and then I'd pop in and say, don't say that to her. <laughs> or like, what? you'd be nicer, stuff like that. Shouldn't they have had someone who's uh, done well at dating to host <laughs> that show? <laughs> yeah, but I'm really good at giving advice, but okay. bad at taking it. Uh... Yeah, no, that's true. But I've got commitment issues, so that's probably why. Okay, yeah, I think you have. <laughs> I'm working on them. Thanks. That's all right. But you can be who you want to be. You don't have to work on things. You can be who but you also, can be, Lou Sanders. I did have this guy stay around two nights. I couldn't sleep. I missed out on a roller skating day, and I thought, this is a nightmare. And that's only two nights, so yeah. I thought, maybe it's not for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> well... Let's have on a look. that note, on that note. I think, we've, I think we might have done an hour, but I don't want to stop because I think this is no, good. No, I am. I do believe in true love and I am going to find a, someone I love and that loves me and that's the truth of it. Yeah, good I luck. I there was an audience. <laughs> it might be. I think Simon George's dragon might be, uh, might be for you down the bottom there. You just never know, do John you? Paul uh, Howarth looks like he's very up for it, is what I'm saying. Look at his happy, look how happy. He's just sitting there going, choose me, choose me. I'd like him... Look, there he is, look oh, at that. Oh, he looks nice. He does, he does look that nice, hand. does he? Can you give me a show of hands? I do like a man with very big hands. Tracy's got big hands, but they are just close to the camera. John Paul's got big hands. There's a lot of ladies watching, actually, here, which, you yeah, know, that's, if you, that. let's not be heteronormative. <laughs> let's <laughs> that open very it up. funny. <laughs> uh, Marae Binfield, would you like to be Lou Binfield? <laughs> I mean, that is, that's your problem there, Marae. That's they don't right have there. To take on Marais' name. Your problem is your name. No one's going to marry. Well, at least you don't have to take the I name. I'm taking anyone's name. Binfield. On. I think you should take. I think you should. Lou Binfield. Binfield. <laughs> <laughs> don't marry Marais because it's you know. Am I saying Marais right? Moray, Marais. Nobody knows. Oh look, there's us. There's us. Oh, and there it's gone. And there's us again. Well, let's end on a happy note. Um, What's your happy note? How are things? You're doing a drama based on your. Show well, something's been optioned, but it's okay. not, it might not go ahead. You know what it's like. I do know what it's like mm. in development hell, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually very enjoyable. Yeah, um, I am to getting scripts on TV as you are to having a successful relationship. <laughs> you had a sitcom on TV, didn't you? I had a no, I had a one off, a pilot thing, one off comedy drama in 2007. No, I thought you had one more recently. Oh. Well, there's yeah. always next year. <laughs> <laughs> I played snooker against myself on TV. That might that might be what you think. Did you went. on TV? Yeah, but for five minutes in that. Wow. In that. Comedian. We are scraping the barrel. You're doing pretty well. What's coming up? What, what are you going to be doing uh, off the back? Roller of skating. Unforgivable. Roller skating. Roller skating. And then other stuff in the pipeline when the pandemic. Uh, and you, are you working on a new stand-up show? Yes, about wonder, hopefully. It was supposed to be about, I was going to write a show about the divide, dividedness, and then I thought, where atten- you'll know this, where energy goes, attention flows. So do it on wonder, because it's nicer. Yeah. 
Is it difficult, because I'm not really trying to write a stand-up show. <laughs> is it difficult being such a bellend? Is it difficult yes. <laughs> writing something not knowing when you're going to be able to actually do it? And is it difficult writing something without being able to do it? Because I, I do my writing on stage mo- mainly. I, do, it, I poop it out perfectly. You poop, <laughs> <laughs> you poop it out of your And <laughs> I present it. <laughs> no, it probably is. I don't know. I haven't really got very far, so yeah, no. it is. <laughs> But it's weird, isn't it? Because we don't. We could be back in in May or June, or we yeah. could be back in October or November. Well, we can try it out on online gigs, I suppose. Yeah, but you know, how do you tell? Yeah, I know. Okay, bye bye. Look, I was just wondering what uh, Will's up to. He's just got. They've just got a. He sat. He sat back down. He sat back down for the goodbye. The big goodbye. He came back. They went. Just went out for a beer. The two of them together and came back. I think they. I think it got a bit fruity. Yeah, you mentioned. About the condom. They just, had a little, they, just, <laughs> they just had a little time. They're a good-looking couple. They're very. There's some very nice. Yeah. This is, this is what you brought to the table. Did you see any of these people in niches? One no. Do you see so, these no, beautiful, no. attractive, normal-looking people? Richard. I mean, I'm not talking about Maury Binfield here. That's, he's Richard. he's very much in the wrong audience. We're all God's children. Okay. It's um, lovely. Do you well, want? Do you want to do Roly Poly before we? Leave? <laughs> you can do, you do whatever you want. You're on stage. When was the last time you were on stage? I know. And so we're on stage at the Clapham Grand. It's a beautiful venue. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. The Clapham Grand's are lovely. Can't wait to work. And uh, you can, if you've been got your tickets for these shows, you can watch them uh, for the next 48 hours if you want to re-watch or have another go at watching uh, the first one. <laughs> of course they don't want to re-watch. Um, <laughs> My God. Imagine them re-watching this old <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the amazing Lou Sanders. Thank, thank you. you so much, everyone. Thank you to this amazing crew uh, for helping us here. And thank you to you for watching. It's been brilliant to do a live one. Bye-bye. See you again. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Lou Sanders. Thank you very much to Pest for the music in this introduction and exit here. I'm indebted to my friend and producer, Chris Evans. Not that one. I'm indebted to Ben Walker still working very hard for us. I'm indebted to Kathleen McKeegan, who runs the fantastic Rahalastapa.com. Uh, very useful for researching my guests for me. It might be fun for you too. Thank you to everyone at the Clapham Grand um, for looking after us so brilliantly. Hope we'll be getting a chance to do some more there. Hopefully we'll get a chance to do some more theatre shows in 2021, if circumstances allow. This is a Twitch. No. Yes, I mean, it can be. It's a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Why not become a monthly badger? GoFasterStripe.com slash badges. You get loads of extras, loads of extra interviews, um, badges, membership cards, ad-free podcasts, stand-up shows, extra videos that are secret from everyone, extra interviews that are secret from everyone, a monthly prize draw chance to uh, get emails giving you advance warning of the guests when we get back into the theatres it's great plus you will help us to make more podcasts remember you can also subscribe with amazon prime to my twitch channel at no cost yourself if you're already with amazon prime don't join amazon prime just for that ian amazon has enough money let's just take some of his money back from him and give it to the world of podcasts thank you very much go away why don't you go and listen to some more of my podcasts? Thanks, bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out.